A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Is everything okay with, like, you and Crystal? Yeah. No, I'm asking because we had a very awkward conversation at my house. There was a lot more said that was very dark. Crystal said something like, what you said was so dark she couldn't say. And I said, that didn't happen. I still have no idea what Crystal's talking about that Sutton said that was so dark. Either Crystal's confused or I'm confused. And my money's on Crystal. Happy Pride, everyone. I'm Danny Pellegrino. Welcome to Everything Iconic. That was a clip from this week's The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Now, I know this is an audio-only medium. You're all listening on your earbuds, your AirPods, whatever. But I need y'all to go back and watch that scene where Kyle's talking to Sutton Strack. And Kyle's, uh, the splits is trying to stir the pot, as she always does. But I was so focused on her face, and I had just watched the new season of Stranger Things on Netflix. Of course, the Millie Bobby Brown vehicle on Netflix. And in that show, Millie Bobby Brown, the young actress, plays Eleven, and she's using sort of telekinesis. This is a spoiler-free, I'm not giving away any spoilers, but uh, Eleven, the character, does some sort of telekinesis with the evil villain. Right? Like that's happening. And she does this stare down where she's just staring and she's kind of got a hand out and she's staring deep into the eyes of one of the Demogorgons or the Vecna or I don't know what the fuck you call the villain on that show. That's not the point. The point is she's staring down the villain. And Kyle the Splits Richards was doing the same exact look that Millie Bobby Brown did when she was staring down Vecna in Stranger Things. It's like she's looking right into the eye. <laughs> I was cracking up. I've never seen Kyle Richards trying to do so much telekinesis in my life. She was like trying to stir the pot using telekinesis because Sutton wasn't falling for it. Okay, right? Kyle and even Garcelle was doing the same thing. They were both going around from one woman trying to stir the pot and saying, Crystal said this and Sutton, did you know that she said this and they did this and that? And they're trying to make it stirred up, and Sutton is not falling for it. Sutton's like, well, we moved past it. And Crystal, too, she's like, I'm not going to tell you what the word was. We moved past it. And it's like these two women, they don't want to be front and center in the drama. So they know that if you stir the pot with the other women, then their drama will be front and center, and they just get to be coasting with the paycheck. And Kyle doesn't have to reveal her own dramas. Do you get what I mean? Like, they're smart enough to know that. And so they were trying so hard, but Kyle was using like telekinesis power. So I need you all to go back. I need you to go back and watch it because it was cracking me up. She's just like staring real deep into Sutton's eyes. And she's like, well, you know, Crystal said this. And Sutton's like, well, whatever. <laughs> it was so good. It was so good. Anyway, you guys, we got a lot to talk about. We got Real Houses Beverly Hills. Great episode. Again, delivering week after week. The Real Houses Dubai. Fantastic premiere. I'm excited about it. Although I do have some thoughts and some feelings. So we're going to get into the Dubai of it all. Uh, and like I mentioned, it's Pride Month, so happy Pride to all of you out there. Well, I, know that I'll get this. I put uh, Cher on the soundboard in honor of Pride, because Cher is, of course, a gay icon, and we need her now more than ever. And so hopefully we'll have some laughs today. I do want to mention that kicking off this Pride Month, Everything Iconic has two LGBTQ guests on the show. Uh, earlier this week, we had Joel Kim Booster, who wrote and stars in the new movie Fire Island, which is on Hulu this Friday. You got to watch it. It's a great gay rom-com. I loved it. I loved it. It was so good. And he's one of the stars with Bowen Yang from SNL, Matt Rogers, 100. Wonderful gays are in that movie. So check that out. Again, Fire Island on Hulu on Friday. And then Colton Haynes, he's an actor from the show called Teen Wolf and Arrow on the CW. And he's got a great new memoir out called Miss Memory Lane. There's an interview with him. Uh, so that's a bonus book episode from this week. So there you go. Now, shall we dive right into Beverly Hills? First of all, did you see the social media post that took my world by storm? And of course, I'm referring to Garcelle and Sutton having uh, what seemed to be a lunch or breakfast or brunch with the one and only Denise Richards. Now, not only did we get a Denise Richards appearance on social media via Sutton and Garcelle, but we also got a mention of Lisa Vanderpump on the show because Garcelle's son 
It was revealed this week on Beverly Hills that the son got a job with Lisa Vanderpump. I don't know if he's working at Sir or Pump or... I don't know. I was just in Vegas. I I went um, and visited my brother. It was his birthday, so we did a little Vegas trip with some family and friends. And they opened up a new Lisa Vanderpump place at the Paris Hotel there. And they also have it at the Caesars Palace. And now Garcelle's son's working for the Vanderpump. And so all the ghosts, you know, that's one of the things with these Housewives shows. It's like, just when you think these women are gone for good, then suddenly their ghosts pop up and say, boo. And all of a sudden, we're talking about Denise Richards. We're talking about Lisa Vanderpump. And I thought, uh, in the words of, I believe it was Lisa Renner or was it Kyle Richards, when they said, I don't think we'll ever see uh, Denise Richards again. And then, bam, saw her again. Bam, in the words of Emeril Lagasse, Bam. They kicked it up a notch, and suddenly she was on Sutton's social media page. And then I love that they captioned it. They were like, oh, just catching up with a great old friend. And I was like, you guys were never friends. <laughs> like, I don't believe... I know that we're all angling for, I don't know, a comeback or something. And I, for one, would like Denise to come back. That's not a popular opinion. Save the DMs. Don't DM me that you don't like Denise, because I like Denise. And I would like to, her to pop back in. Uh, but... I'm not going to rewrite history and pretend that uh, Denise was so friendly with Sutton and Garcelle, too. I don't even think that was like a real thing. I think that was kind of like a, a showman's type of thing. Anyway, she's popping back up. So I don't know. We might see Denise Richards pop back on screen with Aaron again in those Capri pants or the jean, jean short cutoffs. I don't know. We might see her at Sutton's store hanging out with the jean shorts on, the jorts. I might see <laughs> I pray to God next season we see Denise Richards saunter on the screen into those jorts. And here's the thing. I think Denise did leave the show, but then I think she realized she kind of needed the show. And I love Denise Richards. This is no shade. But it's not like she's lighting up the box office by storm. They're not giving Denise the roles that she rightly deserves. Quite frankly, I would like it if somebody would give Denise a good role in TV or film, but they're not doing it. I saw a bunch of the movies that Denise has been... Go to her IMDb page. I know I'm giving you a lot of homework assignments to do with this podcast. I'm telling you to go rewatch a scene, and now I'm telling you to go to IMDb. But check out Denise's most recent 10 credits. Okay, just take a quick gander. Google it or look at the IMDb page. They're not that great. It's slim pickings out there for Denise Richards when it comes to scripted material. So by God, she wants to get her jorts on and get back on in front of the red light for The Real House of Beverly Hills because that's the best gig she's going to get right now. And again, I say that as somebody out there, I just mentioned Joel Kim Booster. He wrote this great movie called Fire Island. We need him to write a movie for Denise. I mean, somebody's got to step up and write something for Denise Richards. And believe me, I'm trying. I got tons of scripted projects I'm trying to make happen. And they got plenty of roles for Denise Richards, the whole whole gang, any woman over all my scripted stuff, uh, any woman over 60 in the entertainment industry. They got plenty of roles in my scripted content. So we just need the production companies to buy those. Uh, anyway, that's not the point. The point is, I'm excited for Denise to return, because I'm assuming this means she's returning. I'm also assuming this means Lisa Vanderpump's going to pop back on screen, too. So I want you to all be on alert. SOS, it's going to happen soon, because they don't drop little things like that into the episodes. Um, to, I don't know when it'll be, maybe one season, maybe two seasons. It'll be at some point. And I know Lisa Vanderpump has said she didn't even want to come back. But that's we all know these are lies. You know, they all say that when they leave the show. They're like, oh, I'm so much happier. <laughs> I lo- don't you love when you see an ex-housewife? They're in an interview or something they're like, it just like wasn't good for me, and I'm so much happier, and I didn't want to go back. And then it's like, well, you just weren't invited to return back, and we know that you miss it. So you're not pulling the wool over these eyes. Not over these weary eyes. Anyway, um, guys, I'm in a good mood. I think it's because we got a new Dubai a Housewife, a new franchise. Although I, the thing that I was saying, I thought it was a great premiere of Dubai Housewives, and we'll get into the nitty gritty of it. But I do feel a little bit overwhelmed when there's too many Housewife franchises. I, I just, I think I like to. I think that's where my sweet spot is. And I, that's almost blasphemous to say here on the podcast. But that's how I feel. I'm living my truth. It's Pride Month. And I just think that three is a little too much. Maybe it's because it's my job to really keep and take notes and keep up with these people. But three tends to feel overwhelming. And two, I feel like is two where almost I'm wanting more, right? Like with Atlanta and Beverly Hills, they're so good. And I'm like, oh, I want more. But then when they give me more, I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. But it was a great premiere. And there's some stars in that franchise. 
Anyway, on Beverly Hills, we opened at them at La Quinta. La Quinta. I don't, people were yelling at me. Said I, I said I said it was La Quinta last week, or I said it was La Quinta. I can't even remember. People yell at me when I say something wrong. You do your best, okay? When you mispronounce something, you just got to keep listening on through it. Don't yell at me. I do my best. But it's 941 at La Quinta. La Quinta? Now I'm self-conscious about it. Now I'm going to say it every way so that I don't uh, I don't worry anyone. But 9.41 a.m., Kyle's got the eye patches on. She's using the, using the Keurig machine. And she calls a 911 situation for catering because she needs a mimosa immediately. Now, I thought this was like a fancy sort of, they called this guy Miguel to deliver them some Bloody Marys and mimosas. But then it was revealed that he just left at their doorstep. I was like, did they just call up Postmates? And I wonder how much more this service is being charged versus Postmates. Because when I order Postmates here in California, they leave it on my doorstep. It's not like they're delivering it hand to hand. It's like sometimes you forget you ordered it. And then you go to walk out the front door and suddenly you step in a Five Guys hamburger. Ladies, am I right? You've been there. Right? So that's what happens here. You order the Postmates, they put it right outside the door. So I don't know that this was really a fancy thing. But I think they were trying to make it seem like it was fancy. Now, Rinna, she talks a little bit about Lois. Now, I do want to say something. I know Rinna's not a very popular housewife, but again, I want to grant her grace going forward because she lost Lois. And I can only imagine losing a loved one during a season of filming reality shows. So I want to say that. Uh, but I do want to quickly, before we grant her too much grace, I want to make fun of the outfit that she was wearing because Erica Jane <laughs> bamboozled Jane at one point. She was sipping on her mimosas. She got drunk there at breakfast. And Bambuzo Jane was like, oh, can I wipe my hands on your outfit? And I've never seen something quite so blatantly rude. Now, we've seen a lot of things on these shows. A woman once threw her prosthetic leg across the restaurant. And we've heard women call each other prostitution whores and clowns and garbage and all sorts of really terrible things. And yet, I've never seen something so mean as when Bambuzo Jane turned to Rinna and said, can I wipe my dirty grippers on your outfit? And Rinna didn't even get it, right? It all happened so fast. That's another thing you're going to have to go back and rewind. Because it was so quick. Rinna's like, Erica Jane's like, oh, I'm sorry if that's rude. And Rinna's like, why would that be rude? And it's rude because it was basically Erica Jane saying, your clothes are shit. I want to wipe my dirty grippers on your ugly bucket hat. Do you get what I mean? Like, that was the vibe that Bamboozle Jane was giving up. She's like, do you mind if I wipe my hands? And meanwhile, Bamboozle Jane was wearing this, like, flowy pajama set. She had plenty of extra fabric to wipe her grippers on. And yet, and yet, she still put her grips right on Rena's outfit. Because she's like, well, this is an old piece of garbage. And it was like, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. And I thought Rena's pajamas looked great. But it was just the audacity of Erica Jane just wiping the dirty hands on Rinna's uh, pajama set, and Rinna didn't even catch it. I wonder if Rinna was watching it back, and I was like, oh my God, what the fuck was that about? Because they're good friends, and they're like besties in real life. So the fact that she did it, I was like, "This she's bamboozling her pajama outfit now. It's the greatest bamboozlement I've ever accomplished. That's the greatest bamboozlement she's ever accomplished, just wiping her dirty grips on Rena's pajamas, pajama bottoms, or the bucket hat, or whatever the fuck that was. Now, they're all hungover. The Bloody Marys come, and then they get drunk. Garcelle calls Crystal to come over, because they're still uncertain about the Crystal situation. And I, quite frankly, am also very confused. I don't know if it was because I was running the kitchen in the middle of the episode or what it was, but I was like, did I miss something? I don't really understand exactly what's happening. Uh, but... Oh, you guys, another thing. Another thing that Erica Jane just very casually said, you got to go back and watch. She said she hates Kyle's sofa, which we talked about last week. We talked, we talked about that fucking sofa last week. And Erica Jane just plain said it in front of everyone. She's like, I hate that fucking sofa. I hate that fucking sofa. I can't do it, Erica Jane. I need to work on it. And uh, speaking of Bamboozle Jane, she then apologized to the group. She says, I'd like to thank you all for accepting me and for the wild animal I was last year. And what does my Erica Jane sound? I feel like it sounds like, I don't know, some sort of dying bird or something. I'm not sure. Um, but Garcelle is like, well, actually, it was just the fact that you didn't show any compassion. Like, that's why people were kind of upset with you all last year. And then Erica says, 
you guys, this is crazy. I don't even know if I should read this because it sounds crazy. I don't want to even come out of my mouth because when Erica Jane said it, I was like, that's fucking nuts. But Erica Jane says, we're not even sure that there were people that weren't paid. There's a chance that they were paid. Like she's saying that the people have come forward and alleged things against Tom, uh, Tommy Two Tones. Apparently, she's saying that they might have been paid actors or something. So what did the courts or somebody hire them from Central Casting and say, uh, we want you to accuse Tommy Two-Tones and Bamboozle Jane of all this uh, stuff? I mean, it's crazy to me. And Erica just kept saying, well, there's a chance. And then somebody was like, no way. And Erica's like, yeah, way. <laughs> I kept laughing at the yeah, way. I don't know why that was making me laugh. Like, yeah, way. Yahweh. Anyway, Garcelle points out that these are regular people. Why would they come after Tom for no reason? Now, Erica says she's she's uh, innocent, and she doesn't I think she'll ever fail, whether you like her or not. So that's where we... Uh, the conversation was abruptly ended, and I was actually quite pissed because Crystal got there, and I was like, Crystal, go back to La Quinta Inn because we're getting juicy stuff here with the bamboozle Jane of it all. Like I felt like we were just getting somewhere really fucking nuts, we were getting somewhere really crazy where Erica's saying all this stuff. I'm like, what What the fuck is she saying? And then suddenly Crystal interrupts. And I'm like, fuck, fuck, Crystal. We were just getting somewhere. Hop on back into that uh, town car and go back to the content. Not that I don't want to hear from Crystal. I'm just saying we were getting somewhere really good. And then Crystal shows up and uh, ruins it. Ruins it. I'm sorry, Crystal, but I was pissed. Meanwhile, Sutton and Diana were at the hotel having a buffet. I've never seen so much fucking food in my life. Sutton even was eating bacon, even though she's a vegetarian, which doesn't make any sense to me. Some uh, Something's going on there. But these two eating at the buffet, I mean, it was so odd. This It was such an odd pairing. I couldn't focus on anything. They were, they were talking about their triggers. I feel like that should be the word of the season is triggers. I feel like we've heard that... They're all saying they're triggers. I don't know. Did they just hear that word or something? I feel like every week now they're like, these are my triggers. And it's like, okay. (laughs) I'm not saying they aren't triggered. I'm just saying it feels like they're using that word a lot. Do you get what I mean? You guys get what I mean. Anyway, speaking of triggers, Crystal's over with the other gals, and she's trying to explain why she's upset. And she is upset. And you know how I could tell that she's actually upset? Because she gets out a tear. Now, normally when these women try to squeak out a tear, they don't do it. We've seen it countless times from Dorit, from Bamboozle Jane, from Rinna, an actress, from Kyle, the Splits Richards. Occasionally, Kyle can, Kyle can come up with a tear. Uh, but it's rare. It doesn't happen always. So the fact that Crystal was able to get out a tear, I almost think that's the reason why Kyle was the first to apologize to Crystal because she saw a tear, and Kyle knows acting-wise it's not so easy to squeak out a tear. And so Kyle was the very first one out of Rena, Erica, and Dorit to apologize to Crystal and Garcelle. And that was because Kyle was respecting the craft of acting, and she knows that it's not so easy, so she, Crystal must have been telling the truth. And uh, Dorit now, I don't know, this is going to be tough to talk about, but Dorit is comparing what Crystal's talking about to her robbery. Now, here's the thing that I think is tricky with the audience. Why the audience? And I said last week, I've been, I feel a little icky going into all the nitty gritty of Dreet's robbery and uh, devil's advocate again. I would be pissed probably at Bravo if they didn't show any of it. So I understand that, but all of it feels a little icky to me. And then Dorit is like relating a lot because in real time in Dorit's life, this robbery just happened. So it's so fresh. And I think the concern for all of us on uh, the viewing end of this show is that it's going to be hard for us to take this in because week after week, Dorit's going to be relating to her robbery, which in her life just happened. But in the viewing audience's mind, it happened three weeks ago. Do you get what I'm saying? This happens a lot on Housewives where then there becomes a disconnect. And I almost feel like we're not going to have the sympathy and empathy for Dorit by the end of the season, if we're still sort of in this place. And that's not to say that Dorit's wrong. Again, I'm sticking up for Dorit in that way because it's so raw to her. But for the viewing audience, it will have happened weeks and weeks ago. So that's why even in this one moment where Dorit was comparing what she went through, she said something like, this is, in terms of Crystal, she said, this is a vacation compared to what I went through. And these are completely different situations. And that metaphor is stupid, or that comparison, I think, is a bad comparison. 
but it's fresh in Dorit's mind. So that's why she's saying it. But for us, it was like three weeks away. So it made me cringe a little bit. Does that make sense? So again, I, I don't think, I don't like this idea of us like questioning the Dorit robbery thing. I think we just, it happened. And I, even Dorit, she was crying later on and it's very clear. She can't just cry. Dorit can't just cry on cue with tears, with tears. And so we have to take that for truth. It's truth. I believe it in my, in my heart of heart, my soul of souls. I believe that everything that happened that Dorit is saying happened, happened. I just think there's going to be this disconnect with the audience and I'm already seeing it happen. And I think that's because of the timeline's going to be screwy. It's going to be screwy. So I don't know. My heart goes out to Dorit. But I also, gosh, this is the other devil's advocate part of me. I almost think like, and I don't know how I would have reacted. That would have been a horrible nightmare. And I know this is someone's job. Like being on the housewives is her job. But I almost wish Dorit would have taken some time off to heal. Because some of the things like that, that last scene where she was meeting with a therapist, on some level, I think you can argue that will help people. People who've been through a trauma, watching that unfold will help them get through their own traumas and they might relate to that. And that's all true. But also it feels heavy and, and a lot for me to watch. Like I had to turn away when they were talking and I don't know, speaking of triggers, maybe I was fucking triggered. <laughs> maybe I was fucking triggered by that scene, but. It's a lot, and I almost wish Street would have just taken some time off, and I kind of think she should have taken some time off. But instead, she's very much exploring the results of her trauma on camera, which I think can be very beneficial to a lot of people, but it's it feels icky to me, and I'm sorry. I'm sorry to say that. Don't yell at me. Love you. Uh, okay, then we cut to, uh, speaking of Dorit, we cut to all the women back, and I got to talk about this scene for at least 65 minutes. Everyone sit tight, little bear, because I got to talk about PK and his Diet Coke. PK and his motherfucking Diet Coke. Well, I know that this. You know I love a Diet Coke drinker, and I always say my favorite type of Diet Coke drinkers are the women and the gay men who drink the Diet Coke, because they're the ones trying their best to keep it together. And I've excluded straight men from that conversation. But I would like to maybe induct PK, because something about it... The way that PK was wanting that Diet Coke, I really related to him more than I ever have in my entire life. And so, although my rule in life is that it's always women and gay men who are addicted to Diet Coke are my favorite people, I'm also going to include now PK in that. I'm going to include PK in that because, you know what, he's earned it. He's earned it. Uh, but he loves his Diet Coke, and Dorit says he's got diabetes, but he refuses to give up his Diet Coke. And I just have to say, on some level, we have to let people have their fucking Diet Coke. We just have to do it, because it's kind of how I feel about cigarettes, too. Now, I'm not a smoker, but I do think that, like, let people—everyone's got to have their vice— and we can all be crazy and lie to ourselves and say that people don't have their vices, but people are going to find a fucking vice. It's going to be something. And so I am of the opinion that if if my vice is Diet Coke, so be it. If that's the worst I do, then so be it. God bless. Let me drink as many fucking Diet Cokes as I want because I'm not hurting anyone. And yes, it's not good for my body, but there's tons of things that aren't good for my body. So at least I'm choosing Diet Coke. That's going to be my thing. Now, you can't have a million vices. So I don't think people should be running around having Diet Coke and then cocaine and then uh, all these other pills and beer and all. You know, like I don't think every vice you could just shove in your mouth. But if Diet Coke's the worst one, I think we have to let it be. And I feel that way with cigarettes, too. If if your worst quality is that you have a cigarette once in a while when you're drinking, eh, so what? Who cares? So the world is bad enough. Have you looked out there? <laughs> have you looked out the window lately? The world is ending. So light up your cigs and pop open a, a Diet Coke because the world is ending out there. Hop on Twitter. You'll find out real quick that the world is not in a good place. So if the worst thing you're about to do is open a can of Diet Coke, so be it. You know, at least you'll go out at the end of the world. <laughs> As the world ends, at least you'll go out on top with a can of Diet Coke. Hopefully an empty one. Uh, okay, so yeah, I'm happy about that. Uh, Dorit talks about going away. He wants She wants to go on a vacation or something. And then they talk about their shows. And this was such a relatable conversation because, you know, I just went away. I told you I went to Vegas and Matt couldn't go. I only went overnight. It was like a quick trip. It was bliss being in a hotel room alone. I got to say that. 
I love him, but it was bliss. Uh, but when I left, I, we always have that conversation of like, okay, what shows are you going to watch? And what am I, you know, don't watch my shows without me. And this was right when Stranger Things was coming out. So I had to tell him like, don't watch Stranger Things without me. Even though I was kind of, I thought strange. I mean, I know I talked about Stranger Things a little bit at the top of the show. I just felt like it was a lot of storyline. I love the ending of the, and again, no spoilers. I love the ending of the season. And I think we still have two episodes that are coming in July. But I did feel like there are too many characters. At a certain point, I wanted them to wear name tags or something because all those men in that show look exactly alike. All those young boys, the high school boys, there was like 10 boys on that cast that look exactly the same. I wanted them to put on t-shirts like on MTV's The Challenge that says their name on the back. That's what I felt like should happen on Stranger Things. So I was like, I don't know which one's Steve and which one's Will and which, you know, it's like, and I've watched every episode of this show, but now that they all went through puberty, I don't recognize them anyway uh, from the last season. And then they all look exactly alike. I'm like, which one is which? I can barely tell the white boys away from the Demogorgons at this point. And so I need them to wear name tags or something. And they keep adding new people. I'm like, we've been through enough. Like, let's just focus on this town. I don't need... Then they go, We're all of a sudden we're in Russia. And then we're doing a scene at uh, at Eleven's past or something. I'm like, I can't... I can't keep up with it all. I did love it, though. I just complained about it for 20 minutes, but I did. It really... <laughs> I do. I love Stranger Things. I do love it. I love it. Uh, okay, so what else is going on? Uh, Sutton's having... Uh, guys. Sutton reveals that she's having another Parisian party. A fucking again. A fucking again with the Parisian party. So when is Sutton going to retire the Parisian theme? I mean, I know she, I feel, I think it's only been two Parisian parties, but I think we need to cool it. Sutton, if you're listening to this podcast, scale it back. I don't want to see you throw in another Parisian party. I think we need to retire it, make it by way of the 1920s party, which I know we're having another flapper party this season. It's coming up on the Beverly Hills. The flapper one, though, I don't mind as much, I think, because I like the long cigarette of it all. But uh, the Parisian theme, I'm just sort of sick of. I'm sick of it. And so you need to stop Sutton. Because when I saw that, she's like, I'm going to throw a Parisian party. I'm like, a fucking again. A fucking again. Anyway, then we see the women getting ready for the uh, this Parisian party. Diana Jenkins with her glam team. She's always bragging about never been to a store. I feel like we, we saw that last week, too. And then her stylist was like, Oh yeah, you're allergic to dust. And she, and she kept saying like, it's a real thing. I was like, that's, I, I think you can have allergies, but I don't think you're just generally allergic to store spaces, right? Like, and I hate that when you get really rich, I feel like one of the things that happens, you always hear about people have the yes men around them. And so Diana, I think, has this where it's like she's got the stylist and the makeup artist and the hair person who they're all like sitting there around the table. As they're waiting on Diana hand and foot, and they're like, yeah, you really got a dust allergy. You really got that. Yep, yep. You, It's a real thing. It's not a joke. It's all real. And I was like, it is a joke, and it's crazy. I, yes, you have dust allergies, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't buy it. Anyway, then we cut to Dorit in the car with Splits Richards, and it's revealed that Rinna's mom has to go in the hospice. Ugh, I hate that. But one of the things uh, that Kyle reveals is that she had to take care of Big Kath this was interesting. Did you catch this? She said her and Kim took care of Big Kath. They didn't mention one thing about Little Kath. Not one thing about Other Kath. What's going on there? What's going on? In the words of Dorinda Medley, what the fuck is going on? I need to know what the fuck is going on with the Big Kath and the Little Kath. What was? There's so much that we have not revealed about the whole Richards family and the Hilton Richards grouping. Those three sisters, they're going to have secrets that they take to their grave. Secrets that they take to their grave. And over the years, we're going to be 30 years from now still uncovering things about those three gals. And believe me, it won't be enough time. It won't be enough time. Uh, then, let's see, they all... Uh, oh, Kyle's got like paparazzi or something. I didn't really understand. I wasn't paying attention to that. I was too busy thinking about Big Kath. Then Sutton store, Diana Jenkins arrives with the boots and the gloves, like she's Jim Carrey and the Riddler. I don't know. That's what it reminded me of. Then Erica, meanwhile, is at home with Mikey and the assistant. She just learned how to use the thermostat. And she said she just did her private Muay Thai lesson that morning, but she's not going to Sutton's. And she's like, I'm so glad I don't have to get dressed up. Meanwhile, she's got a full face of makeup on. Like she... <laughs> She clearly just said Mikey Min and do her beat her face with makeup because I mean it was a full full face of makeup 
She was fully beat with makeup. And I am happy that she didn't have to get dressed up. But she was acting like, she's like, oh, I'm so glad I don't have to get glammed up. And I was like, you're fully glammed right now. Like, you were definitely in hair and makeup for at least an hour. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but she's not going. She's not going to the Sutton party. Meanwhile, at Sutton party, it's revealed that Diana uh, had her house done, her house uh, um, designed by Giorgio Armani. And then another house in London was designed by Fendi. Like, what the fuck is that about? It's like crazy. I mean, Diana Jenkins got some secrets, too. There's plenty of secrets over in Diana Jenkins' land, uh, and we're just getting to the bottom of it. Some people have sent me some headlines, and I haven't done my due diligence. I haven't done my research into Diana Jenkins, but people have sent me little things here and there, and I've seen headlines. And I again, I haven't had time to really dive in, but the headlines I've seen, there's some crazy stuff in the headlines that I've quickly glanced at. And then, <laughs> so I haven't really, I haven't really figured it out, but the headlines I've seen, whew, I'm telling you, I'm telling should we take our break here? Uh, one more thing, uh, Kyle, when she arrived at the party, she did say, if my boob falls out, enjoy. And that made me laugh. Okay, let's take a quick break here. I want to thank ACAST for all episodes of Everything Iconic. You get them at ACAST.com slash Everything Iconic. Find me on social media at Danny Pellegrino. Order my book, How Do I Unremember This, wherever books are sold, or the audiobook if you want to hear me narrate it. Uh, okay, let's take a break here, and we'll be right back. Yeah, 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 yeah. Look, the weather's getting warmer. You got to ditch the jackets, the sweaters, and you got to put on some shorts and tees. And if you're anything like me, you hate getting all the new stuff. But luckily, I've found Quince, and Quince makes it so easy uh, to get clothes. I used to waste my money on clothes that would only last one season. That was until I found out about Quince. Now I've got high-quality pieces that never go out of style that I'll be wearing year after year. Quince has all of the seasonal must-haves, like 100% European linen shirts from $30, performance polos. Those are my personal favorite. I always love getting new polos for the summertime, and they have a fantastic selection. I'm very particular about the collar, and I love the collar on the performance polos that I got. They also have versatile flow-knit activewear, and the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And by partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to all of us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, along with premium fabrics and finishes, which I love. Feel good about shopping with them. Now, again, I got those polos, but I also got some shorts, some t-shirts, just some basics that I can wear year-round. So upgrade your wardrobe. Go to Quince.com slash iconic for free shipping on your order and 300 65 day returns. That's quince, Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash iconic to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash iconic. Ah, I love that sound, don't you? And that's the sound you're going to hear when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Uh, We use it here at Everything Iconic. Shopify is the best all-in-one commerce platform capable of handling all your business complexity, no matter how big you grow. I think it's fantastic. You're probably thinking, sure, but migrating is going to be a headache, but Shopify's app store has the migration apps you need to migrate all of your products, your orders, your customers, and more uh, from every major e-commerce platform all the way to Shopify. And I always hate when I'm shopping online and I have to re-enter all of my information. Well, Shopify store remembers your shipping address, your payment information. So if you're on the couch and your wallet's on the kitchen counter, you don't have to get up, which is nice. So sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash everything iconic, all lowercase. That's one month for just $1 at shopify.com slash everything iconic. Shopify, S-H-O-P-I-F-Y dot com slash everything iconic. All right, I'm sure a lot of you out there can relate because every time there's a commercial break and I'm watching one of my shows, I'm always hopping on the Redfin app or website because I just want to check out real estate listings. Like I love checking out real estate listings, even for the houses that I cannot afford. It's my favorite app to use Redfin. Uh, I just got a home, of course, but it was a pretty stressful process. And if I would have known how easy Redfin was, I think it would have helped out a lot. Redfin updates their listings every two minutes and sends you personalized recommendations. So finding the home that's perfect for you has never been easier. See something you like? Well, book a tour straight from the app. And when you're ready to buy an experienced local Redfin agent, 
can guide you through the whole process, making it so easy. And if you're looking to sell, Redfin agents know how to get you the best price possible for your home. That's because they sell twice as many homes as other agents with a listing fee as low as 1%. Redfin's fees are half of what others often charge, which means you'll have more money to put towards your next home. Now, that's a great thing. I love using Redfin. I love checking out. If you're buying or selling a home and you need some help with that, check out Redfin. Download the Redfin app to get started. And we're back. Okay, now I got to talk about this thing that happened with Dorit when she arrived at Sutton's party because she saw a press line. And did you see Bryce from Entertainment Tonight over there? I said, hey, Bryce. Uh, but they had a little bit of press at this place. And Dorit arrives, she's like so pissed because Sutton didn't tell her that there was going to be press there. And she said, press now? There's press here at this party after what I've been through. But here's the thing, you guys. She just did press at Kyle's event with Teddy. Remember, Teddy was sent there by Access Hollywood, which a lot of you had told me. A lot of you reached out and said that Teddy was sleeping at Kyle's house. Uh, but she was there doing interviews for Access Hollywood. And so I do know that Dorit and Teddy have a relationship, so maybe that's why Dorit felt more comfortable at Kyle's thing with the press. But it was still fucking Access Hollywood. So then to get so upset at Sutton's that Entertainment Tonight is there, I thought was like a little bit hypocritical. Because the thing that you just did with Access Hollywood was even quicker after your robbery. So it was like, Dorit, cool it. You just did Access Hollywood. Okay, you just accessed it. (laughs) Wait, by the way, when I was in college... I used to host this, uh, there was a show on campus at Ohio University called Fridays Live, which was sort of like Saturday Night Live or The Tonight Show. And they had a segment called Access It, where I was the host of it. And they would send me to different places on campus. Or sometimes if, if like a celebrity would come to campus, I would interview them. But usually by celebrity, it was like someone from the real world. So I remember interviewing like Danny and Melinda from the real world and like, uh, who's that Afro man who sings because I got high. I remember going to a club in Athens, Ohio and that man, remember that song because I got high, I can't sing. I mean, neither could he, but it was a hit. Uh, and I had to go interview him and he was so stoned and it was so fun. Uh, but I would go and do things also around campus. So I'd go take like a workout class or I'd go if there was an art fair, whatever was happening on campus, I would go do it. And I would host this segment. It was really fun. But at the end of the segment, I'd always say, access it. And that was like my catchphrase. I remember, <laughs> access it. And so whenever I see Access Hollywood, do they do a catchphrase? I don't really watch Access Hollywood. But uh, they should have a catchphrase and they should, it should be access it. And if they need to hire me, so be it. Okay, moving on. Uh, Sutton's party. Kyle's trying to stir the pot. Oh, this was interesting. Sutton introduces Dorit to the designer who was held up at customs at the airport. And Sutton is like, this is Dorit. She's also a designer. She's got a great brand. And Kyle's standing right there. And Kyle's like, what the fuck? And then uh, Sutton's like, oh, oops. And also, this is Kyle. And Kyle's like, you got my moo's in your store. And then the editors flashed all the Kyle to buy Shahida that Sutton has at her store to be nice. And, uh, yeah, and it was so funny. It was so funny. It made me laugh. Sutton was introducing Dorit as a designer, but not Kyle by Shahida. Okay, so then Kyle and Garcelle try to stir the pot. Garcelle really stepped it up this season. I'm feeling like Garcelle's like, okay, I'm going to take the reins of this show. And now it's her and Kyle in a fight to see who can take over the show more or who could be more in charge of stirring the pot. It's very interesting. I'm very much loving it. Uh, Sutton, she's wearing a dress that looks like it's on backwards. Comeback fans, if you watch the comeback on HBO, my all-time favorite show, you know that this was very much a Valerie Cherish moment. You guys know what I'm talking about when she went and she had the dress on backwards. So good. Uh, then Kyle and Garcelle sit down. They decide to keep this going. So even though Sutton and Crystal are like, we're moved on, Kyle and Garcelle are going to keep this going like the pros that they are. And then Crystal walks over and says, Sutton said something dark and problematic. And then Sutton is like, well, can I come over? And then the producers get the entire cast over. So even though Diana Jenkins is not involved in this, she sits down. And uh, they talk about this, but we're not really getting anywhere because we're not getting the verbiage that was used. And it just feels like a rehash of that whole thing that happened last season, which we keep flashing back to with Crystal, where she said she felt violated. And they're like, that's a big word. Now what's happening this season where Crystal's like, it's a dark and problematic thing, Sutton said. And they're like, that's too big of a word. And it's like, what are the big, what words are acceptable here? It's like so weird. 
And I think Crystal is like, that's what she's thinking in her head. Like what, why don't you want me to use the words? Like, I think that's what really Crystal's most upset about is like, you guys keep saying that I can't use these words, but it's like, what you have a proof list of words I can use on this fucking show. But I do understand actually Dorit was saying, you can't just throw out that something. I understand where Dorit was coming from too. It's like, you can't say that because everyone's going to fill in the blank in their head and it's going to be way worse maybe than what actually was said. So I, I understood Dorit was making some sense to me there. Dorit was making some real sense. You know, what wasn't making some sense was when they used uh, that dead worms, a can of worms thing, and Diana's like, what worms? And they were like, <laughs> Kathy was shook. You know, Kathy Hilton was watching this episode, and she's like, oh, fuck, Diana took my bit. <laughs> Kath was so pissed that Diana is going to... I can't wait to see those two together. I think that's probably why they're holding on to Kathy. They got her on the bench right now because they're like, oh, we got to bring her in at the right time. And so we just put Diana and uh, Kathy in an escape room and see who gets out first. It'll be like three weeks of entertainment. I mean, could you imagine the two of them? That's when you do an escape room. Bravo. We've seen it enough on these shows. But quite honestly, if you want to get Kathy and Diana in an escape room together, by all means, go do it. Please, I beg of you to do it because I would watch uh, at least... Of uh, eight episode series about that. Eight episodes minimum. Minimum. Do you guys remember that show, The Mole? The Mole, and then they did Celebrity Mole. And it was like there was a group of people and one person was the mole. I was just remembering it the other day and I was like, we need to bring that show back. Where is it? Bring it back. Bring it back. Uh, then uh, we have that last scene. Dorit is like at home with PK and she's like, Babalish, Babalish, I've got my appointment today. Babalish. Now, Dorit's accent's been coming and going this whole thing. Last week, she was yelling at Crystal. She's like, what the fuck, Crystal? And then this week, she's like, Babalish, I've got my appointment to die. And it's like, okay, Dorit, pick a lane. <laughs> pick an accent, okay? Because, I mean, I understand she's a worldly traveler, so it comes and goes a little bit. I understand. But doesn't it feel that it feels like we've gotten like quite a lot of different... It's hard to pin down right now where Dorit's uh, originating from. And I know it's always been the case, but this season more than ever, I feel like that one scene where at Kyle's house, she kept being like, what the fuck, Crystal? What the fuck? Why the fuck are you saying that, Crystal? And then now she's like, Babalesh. It's like a two opposite thing. What the fuck, Crystal? I don't know why she's turned into my head like a... um, Like a cat-calling construction worker in New York. Um, That's how I'm picturing Dorit last week. And then this week, she's like, uh, I don't know, Lindsay Lohan's mom in The Parent Trap. Oh, that was a great movie. May she rest in peace. I love The Parent Trap. Okay, so that's the end of the episode. I don't really want to talk about that whole scene with the, I don't know what it was, that Dorit with the ends. I just felt, I'm very sorry that it happened. It just, I felt so, it, it, maybe it was too real. I don't know what it was, but again, maybe I was triggered because she said something about a headline and uh, I just felt so bad for her. Again, I don't want anyone to misconstrue my words because I want us to all, we have to believe what Dorita is saying. I mean, it's all very clear to me that this is real. She's crying real tears. It's just so intense that I have a hard time watching it. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, and then next week on the show, we get the Mexico trip on a private jet. We get some Crystal versus Sutton. And uh, I'm hoping the Crystal versus Sutton, I know that they're real friends in real life now. And so I hope we move through that quickly. I know we'll get through it quickly, but I hope we get through it even more quickly than I think we'll get through it. Do you know what I'm saying? Well, I know that I'll get through this. And that's the Real Housewives of the Hills of Beverly. Now, shall we dive in to Dubai? I love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so luckily I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now Cozy is fantastic, a North American company that thoughtfully designs furniture made for modern living. Now Cozy strives to provide the best furniture shopping experience with elegant, super high quality products, plus fast delivery and easy assembly, which is really important to me because I do not like putting together furniture. So the easier, the better for me. Now Cozy offers a beautiful, customizable sofas and sectionals that are made to adapt in time. This means customers can add seats to the sofas over time. Maybe if you're extending your family, you might want more space on the couch. Cozy also offers a great range of coffee tables, washable rugs, wall shelving, credenzas, TV stands, and accessories so much. It's thoughtfully designed furniture made 
for modern living. There's an outdoor sofa and tables collection that is fantastic. It's called the Mistral. So you can choose the perfect sofa configuration for your outdoor setup. Uh, Cozy also opened its first retail space on Queen Street in Toronto to push the experience to the next level and allow customers to engage physically with the products. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com, spelled C-O-Z-E-Y, to start customizing your furniture today. Again, that's Cozy, C-O-Z-E-Y.com. All right, the Dubai Housewives, shall we play the taglines? I think that's the most important part, especially for this first week. Let's take a listen. They don't hate me because I'm beautiful. They hate me because they're basic. A woman should be two things, who and what she wants. The desert is ruthless, but nothing is more savage than me. The only thing you can take from me are notes. If you think money can't buy you happiness... You clearly haven't been to Dubai. In the city of gold, nothing shines brighter than me. Okay, the real housewives of Dubai. The only one that we know is Caroline Stansberry, who's now got a different last name because she just married that hot guy. Which I have a lot of thoughts about that hot guy, and apparently all the other ladies do too. I mean, what's his deal? And it, I did understand when they were, as one of the other women pointed out, it's like they have more chemistry on Instagram than they do in real life. And I felt that way too. I mean, seeing them together, it just, I don't know, it felt a little awkward to me. And I'm going to say something that's not going to be popular. And I, I've mentioned, I think I've come clean about this on the show, but I don't want you yelling at me. But uh, one of my uh, Bravo blind spots is the Ladies of London. I am not someone who watched Ladies of London. I tried twice, okay? And I didn't stop because I didn't like it. I just stopped. Other things got in the way. And I never went back to it. So I'm sorry. That's my mea culpa. That's my mea culpa. Don't yell at me. It's my secret. So I know people love Caroline Stansbury, but she's just not someone who I'm super familiar with other than I know who she is, obviously, because of Bravo. And I pay attention to these people and I've seen her around and I get that. But I was not someone who watched Ladies of London. So I'm sorry. Maybe I'll go back and do it and try it again for a third time. But after the second time it happened, you know, like I watched an episode and then I don't know, something happened. I lost the episodes or I couldn't find them. And then, and then a few months or years later, I tried to dive in again and then something happened. I got distracted. And then after two times, I was like, you know what? That's cursed for me. I'm just not meant to watch it. Some shows are not meant to uh, be watched. You know, in the words of Nicki Minaj, starships are meant to fly. And uh, I believe the next lyric was, some shows are meant to not be watched if you uh, can't do it. So <laughs> I think that's what happened with me. Uh, but I was uh, a little concerned about the Dubai Housewives, and I still am a little bit concerned. And let me tell you why. Now, the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, Salt Lake City premiered a couple years ago at the height of the pandemic. When it premiered weeks beforehand, I know at least weeks, maybe even months beforehand, they started doing drive-in screenings in Los Angeles and Salt Lake City where they did drive-in screenings. I went to one of them. It was a big premiere event, and obviously they couldn't do a normal big premiere thing, but they still did a drive-in where you go. They had ice cream trucks. They had the big drive-in screens, and it was so fun to watch the premiere. I also know that they sent out the screeners ahead of time to a lot of like influencers and people that could see the episodes ahead of time to build buzz. Now, with The Real House of Dubai, I don't know if you noticed this, but they did a little premiere thing, I think like two days on Tuesday, uh, but they premiered the show during a holiday week, which was a little bit of a bad sign to me. I was like, oh, that's weird that you're premiering it during a, a holiday week because Monday was Memorial Day. And that seemed a little odd. And then screeners didn't go out until like, two, I think it was Tuesday when the screeners went out. And again, they did a little tiny little thing, a premiere thing, I think in New York. But I just felt like when it was Salt Lake City, Andy was doing press and it was like a big... It felt like a bigger to-do, and maybe they learned from that. Maybe they thought, okay, well, we didn't need to do all that. We didn't need to spend all that money. We could just premiere the show. And they have a good lead-in with The Real Houses of Beverly Hills. But something about it all felt it felt a little bit like we're they're not super behind it, right? And maybe I'm totally off base. Maybe I'm totally wrong. And I hope that I'm wrong, and I hope the season's so good. And I knew that the premiere was going to be good because, again, they edit the shit out of a premiere, especially a new franchise the production company is going to make sure that first episode is as good as they can get it, which they're going to really focus on making sure that's a good episode, a good hour of TV. And they sure did. I thought it was fantastic. And I actually watched it and thought it blew away my expectations, maybe because they were so low. 
Uh, so I ended up liking it a lot, but that was what concerned me. I felt like the promo of it was really weird. Of like they didn't, they weren't interviews with any of the women. I mean, there was like a couple. I, it just felt like not seeing what they did when Salt Lake City premiered versus with the Dubai houses. I was like, something's a little fishy and off to me. And I hope going forward that they invest in this franchise and that it's good. But that was concerning to me. Uh, I do think that Ayan is a star. I hope I'm saying that name right. And I, I want to uh, apologize in advance if I'm getting any of these names right. Remember on the Salt Lake City house size, it took about a whole season before I was able to uh, get Meredith and Lisa right. I mean, I feel like still I'm watching the show and they look so much alike. I'm like, um, that one's Meredith, Lisa. You know, so on Dubai Housewives, I think it's going to take us a little while to understand these people and who's who and, and get to know them. But I think Ayana's the one that really stuck out to me. She was the one who said, I'm a badass bitch in four different languages. You guys, when she did that, wasn't that good? I mean, that was good. It was good. And she's a model and she's modeling with a camel. And I mean, this was a little confusing to me that when we saw her modeling, she was with a camel and a tiki torch, like the end photo. You know how we saw her in the desert and she's with the camel. And then the end photo that they showed us, it was like her holding a tiki torch and then also the camel in one hand. That was a little confusing. I was like, is this for a product? Or And if it was just for her, then why, what is the, theme of this. Like, <laughs> I didn't understand. I was like, what is going on here? Uh, but she also said her son is her best friend, which is always a problem. It's a red flag for me. When a parent, a mother says, my kid is my best friend. It's a red flag. Your kid should not be your best friend. They should be your kid first. And if you want to be friends, great. You should still love them and still want to hang out with them and all those good things. But you just shouldn't refer to your kid as your best friend. I'm sorry. That's my opinion. And we've seen it too many times in the housewives. It never ends up well. Never ends up well. You know the kids that end up the best? The ones who are just the kids. I don't think Vicky Gunvalson ever says that Brianna is her best friend, right? She doesn't say that. And that's why Brianna turned out normal despite having a mother that's Vicky Gunvalson. So that's where we got to draw the line. Uh, now, Caroline, again, we mentioned from Ladies of London, her husband, Sergio, enters in a, in a towel. He's 27, she's 45. Now, the age difference, I, I have pointed this out before. My arch nemesis, Patty Stanger, once said that the largest age gap that you can actually realistically handle in a relationship is 10 years. She said anything over 10 years is too much. Now, she said this in her stand-up special that I once watched. It was on Netflix or something where she gives relationship advice. Now, uh, granted, I do not like that woman. She's my arch nemesis. I don't like the way that she talked about redheads or gays on her show. And so a lot of you often write me and say, why is Patty Stenger your arch nemesis? And to that I say, go see what she said about redheads and gays. <laughs> that's enough for me. <laughs> it's enough for me. Her and Melissa Joan Fart, my two uh, two nemeses. Uh, anyway, I will watch anything that Patty Stinger puts out. Moving on. Uh, they are a large age gap, and so that worries me. That worries me. But the husband's very hot. I mean, he's very good looking. Very good looking. Nina comes over. They're frenemies. It seems like they're all frenemies, doesn't it? I feel like everyone is a frenemy. I'm interested in this Dubai place, though. I mean, I know there's like a lot of human rights problems that I'm just not super versed on to really get into too much right now. But I, I'm curious if they're going to get into that on the show. We've heard a little things about like the way they have alcohol, like they don't have alcohol in the stores. And we've heard like a, a few little things, but I feel like I'm still missing a lot of the pieces of this Dubai puzzle that I just am not aware of. And I know there's some uh, controversy over the fact that they're setting a housewives here in Dubai because a lot of people feel like it shouldn't. There's a lot of people that are mad about it. And and I would like, and I hope that they address that sort of head on and that they explain to this to the audience and stuff why and what's going on there. I mean, I, I don't think there's a lot of like good LGBTQ rights over in Dubai. I mean, I don't, women's rights, I'm not sure. I think it's very problematic, but um, I'm not, I should look into that. <laughs> I was Googling, what was I Googling earlier? Something totally crazy. Oh, I was Googling, I mentioned Stranger Things. I was like on some message boards learning about Stranger Things theories. And I was like, how did I get here? I should have spent that time researching Dubai. Um, okay, so anyway, in Dubai, though, one of the other things that fascinates me is how hot it is. Lisa was at her house, and it was 120 degrees out, and they had to bring in ice for the pool. Bring in ice for the pool. Now, she's got three boys, gorgeous family. I like, I come from a family of three boys. And so I like that. I like to right off the bat. 
now there's two Carolines. There's Caroline, who we know from Ladies of London. Then there's also Caroline Brooks. And we're calling her, are we calling her Brooks? I felt like they kept calling her Brooks. So is that what we're calling her? I know we'll have to wait and see. We'll have to watch what happens live and go to bravotv.com for more information. But she's super rich. She wants to open up a spa. She's got two homes. They talk about the real estate being so expensive there. And, and I, I don't know. All the houses look beautiful to me. But I, now I'm curious. I don't know. I'm curious. Uh, there's a hen party. And so uh, let's see. Ayan is not invited to the hen party. But the hen party also looked boring. This is my problem I'm finding with Dubai and the, and the drinking situation at the very least is that I need these women. I'm sorry to say I need to see them a little. I need, I need to, hmm, how should I phrase this? I don't think I need to see them drunk all the time. There was a point in the, in the tenure of the Real Houses of New York. Remember we called it alcohol, the TV show where every week it seemed like they were getting a little, it was scary drunk, right? Like it was getting to the point where, okay, this is scary drunk now. I'm just watching seven women <laughs> get completely blacked out. Uh, and so it got a little scary. So, but I like to know that there's the possibility of getting to that level. Do you get what I mean? Like, I want to know that when I tune in each week, that it's possible that they could get blackout drunk the way that the women do at the Berkshires on the Real House in New York. I don't want that happening every week, but I want to know that there's a possibility. And I want to know that the women will be safe and drinking responsibly in that way. I don't want to worry about anyone's health or anything, but I also want to know that that could happen. Do you get what I mean? And so it concerns me with Dubai of like, am I going to tune in each week knowing that these women can't get out of control when it comes to the hooch? I need to see these women drinking the hooch. I need to see them letting them back and, and knowing that anything could happen. Anything could happen. Wasn't that a song? Anyway, the uh, other thing that I want to point out about this franchise is that they were doing a lot of editing tricks. So one of the things I noticed that they were doing was like putting the cameras in the closets and it felt very Hills reboot to me. If you watch the Hills reboot, there was a lot of footage of like Audrina getting ready and like Whitney Port putting on earrings and it felt so unnatural. And it was like producers made him do it a hundred times. And I felt like that was a problem to me where it looked really good, but I almost need to know, like, are we in selling sunset territory? In which case, I'm happy to see them putting on the earrings, and I'm happy to see all those very cinematic setup shots that I know the women had to do five times to make sure they got the lighting correct and all that kind of stuff. If we're doing that kind of show, that's great. I just, I'll get on board. Or are we doing a more naturalistic cinema verity documentary style like we've been doing on The Real Housewives where we're just sort of seeing these women behind the gates of Dakota de Casa? Do you get what I'm saying? Like, I just need to know where we're at because on The Real House of Dubai, it felt like very cinematic in certain shots, like the closets, and then other ones, uh, not so much. So I, I need to know where I stand. And I'm sure with a couple episodes, I feel like I'll get on board. I don't know. Uh, none of the women seem to like Caroline Stansberry. None of them. And we can all pretend that some of them are friends and some of them are, but I felt like all of them hated her. Uh, let's see. They're doing the hen party and they can't even have dick merch. They can't even have dick merch. <laughs> Could you imagine being at a bachelorette party where you can't have a dick straw? I mean, I would just be singing in my head that I'll get through it. Well, I know that I'll get through this. I have to remind myself. <laughs> I'll get through the else. Because, I mean, a bachelorette party with no dicks is not a place that I want to be. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just don't want... Oh, and then they did this thing, because they couldn't have the dick merch or anything. They did this toilet paper game that I've seen on The Real Houses of Dallas and The Real Houses of Orange County. And now they're playing with the Charmin rolls on The Real Houses of Dubai, which I was tuning in for a glamorous look at another country. And now i got to watch them playing toilet paper games on a boat. You do not get on a boat and play with Charmin. I'm sorry. We need to stop that. I don't ever want to see a roll of Charmin on Bravo again. Enough. Stop it. Stop it. They're doing too many toilet paper games. And one of the producers, uh, if you're on set, if you're somebody behind the scenes, I need you to rip those toilet papers out of their hands. If you see one of the women walking in front of the red light with a toilet paper for a game, you need to stop them. You just need to rip it off or I don't, if it gets to the editing stage and you're an editor, you need a CGI over it. Put anything else in there. I can't see another roll of toilet paper playing a game on Bravo again because they did it on Orange County, Dallas, and now we're doing it on Dubai. Dubai of all places. Ah, I was disgusted. I was disgusted. Anyway, um, the episode was also very long. Am I being, I feel like I'm being a little bit of a Danny Downer. It was a great premiere. It was fantastic. And honestly, 
I think it's probably one of the best Housewife premieres of any of the franchises, but I think it was a little bit of fatigue for me, and I was tired, too. I watched it after a crazy week of traveling and work and everything, so maybe it's a little fatigue, because it was well done. I just, something about it, it was, like, long to me, and I was like, ugh, again, we're playing with toilet paper. So, I don't know, I felt like I had a negative Nancy attitude, and I'm sorry to be a Danny Downer, but I just have to be honest. Got to get on the mic and be honest, and I hope... By week two, three, four, five, I'm singing the praises to the high heavens. But right now, i got to be a little critical. Got to put on our critic's cap. Okay? Got to put on our critic's cap. Because if there's nowhere to go uh, but up, then we're in a good place. We're in a good place. I don't even know if I'm making sense anymore. I've been talking too much. Okay. Uh, at the end of the episode, they're all arguing. I was on Team Ion, and... Uh, Caroline, they were arguing about whether or not Caroline said Ion was important or wasn't important. And Caroline's like, I never said that until now. And then it ends with all of them looking around and then they show the trailer for the season. And that's another thing that I kind of got a little worried about was the trailer for the season to me didn't look great. And the fact that like the most exciting part of the trailer was that we get an appearance by Phaedra Parks. That was a little concerning to me. I'm sorry to be a Danny Donner. I'm I'm probably wrong. I must. I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. And it was a great premiere. And these women are all dynamic personalities that I want to follow for years and years and years to come. But that's just how I feel in this moment. Okay, I love you all so much for listening. This was a long episode. I love you. Stay safe. Uh, shall we do our little cheesy cool down? Let's do it. Let's take a deep breath in. Hold it. Breathe out. Just go about your day. Find something you did like about The Real Houses Dubai and focus on that because I feel like I was too negative. I'm sorry, I don't want to be negative. You know what I really loved about it? Uh, the women were all stunning. Stunning to look at. I mean, I could have just looked at their facial features. I mean, they all have very symmetrical faces, gorgeous women, gorgeous gals, beautiful families, beautiful families. And I, uh, and they were beautiful to look at. And the clothing was great. Very excited about that. You could tell we weren't in Kyle Bashahida land anymore. It was like we were getting some different outfits, and I like that. Okay, I love you all so much for listening. Bye-bye. 